You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. That was a Christian report. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. Special guest in the house. There it is. There's all, there's all the air, air horn. We're presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up. Uh, I've got a nice squad with me mm-hmm. today. A nice squad. Looking like he just got done with his tennis workout. It's Harrison <laughs> Wynn. Uh, I'm glad we got Dane here from the Timberwolves to talk about the Wancho Hernan Gomez resurgence <laughs> yes. in Utah. In Utah, yeah. <laughs> that's like our mutual ex-player. Yeah, that's mutual the topic ex. of today's show. Uh, we got Malik Beasley, too. Yeah, that's we got true. Jared Vanderbilt. Oh, yes. We got too many. But uh, Wancho, Wancho's taking over. Yeah. Well, you introduced our guest too early. i got to go over here in his New Jersey uniform. It is Brennan Vogt. That's right. The all-black leather. Um, I'm like an off duty actor except i'm not hot or famous <laughs> you're a character that's actor that a joke? yeah that's it. <laughs> it's not really a joke outdated and then of course friend of the show in fact i would maybe say best friend of the show oh. uh dane moore dane Let's thanks for joining us yeah man thanks for uh thanks for having me it's i was i was hoping it'd be a little bit closer in the standings for this game tomorrow but uh it's way nicer in Denver well, than it is in yeah. It is beautiful here. <laughs> it is nicer in Denver. Um, it's funny you say that. We're going to get to some of that talk a little bit later on in terms of like how close is this. Because you're right that I kind of anticipated this would be the one game that matters. And it looks like it's not the one game that will matter. There will be some other ones. But we do have some news. Anthony Davis, LeBron James coming back. Both of them oh, coming back. But yeah. not non-Nuggets related not, injury. Not, <laughs> maybe not tomorrow, guys, but they will be back for Sunday. So they get the two games against Denver, which I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that's meaningful. Maybe it's not. Well, well, and then, then the play-in. Like, I mean, if it's probably going to be the Wolves, right, right. but like, I mean, that play-in seven spot is not looking good. It right. sucks. Mm. It actually really sucks. Um, and we'll it get does. to all of that. But we're going to, of course, preview. I mean, this is the biggest game of the year for both teams. The the game on Friday night, it's a divisional game. Uh, it's obviously a marquee matchup between Northwest two. Northwest Division. Northwest Division. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's also a marquee matchup between two, um, you know, the best centers in the NBA. And it just carries an enormous amount of stakes. Let's start with this, Dane. Catch us up to speed on what's going on with the Timberwolves. And you were on the show like two months ago. Catch us up to speed really on the last two months. Like this this final chapter of the season, what's going on with the Wolves? Yeah, well, let, let's – I think I was here right around Christmas and – Actually, right after that is in Denver is kind of when the Wolves started getting hit with COVID really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all their starting lineup was out. And so there's this whole kind of like 10 day run where the Wolves were just like a shell of themselves, as a lot of teams were. But it's, it's interesting that as soon as that ended, it was like January 3rd yeah. when the guys got back. Like the Wolves are have the number two offense right. in the league since that time. I mean, that's three months now. Whereas before that line in the sand, they were 23rd in offense. So what what you have now is a far more potent offensive Wolves team. The defense is not what it was yeah. at, the, at the beginning. It, it's of the gone year. like this, right? Like mm-hmm. you, It's kind of what you called yeah, when you came yeah. on my show where, I mean, it's the same thing. It's that really aggressive scheme where you got Cat right. all the it's way hard. up there like Yoke does. And, and then you're just scrambling behind him and the Wolves kind of ran out of fuel. To right. be able to do that, Jared Vanderbilt was a huge part of it. He got dinged up. Just it, it wears on you. So offense. What I would say is offensively, you have a Wolves team that's a lot better than they were before, and 
That's actually really scary, con- considering what happened last time. Oh, they just they, they made like <laughs> yeah. well, because you remember this year, this year they played a couple times, obviously. But Anthony Edwards had ten threes in one game. Yeah, like, ten. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah it's like, oh, like ten threes is actually pretty absurd. And so for them to get better, why is it better? What is it that that's happened that's made them better? Well, it was it was such a problem at the beginning of the season when they when they shifted Jared Vanderbilt into the starting lineup. Who he right. really deserved it because, like we said, he was a big part of the defense. He's just an insane rebounder, particularly offensive rebounder. So they he's they don't have very many power forward options. So they put Vando in to be the the starting four and it really it really clogged things up. Honestly, almost every team other than Denver doesn't guard Cat with a five. Mm-hmm. I remember like, you talking oh, about that yeah. last time. That was brand new kind of at yeah. the time, but it's been it's been the thing now right. the whole time. Like I mean they the the Wolves played the Celtics on Sunday and it was like Grant Williams on him, Tatum yeah. on him. Oh, wow. And then they just have Robert Williams lurking at the rim yeah. to do that. So it took them it took them a while to figure out, all right, nobody's guarding Vando. How do we how do we make this work? Right. You know, your your classic sort of non shooter situation. And how do they make that work? Asking for Denver. Um, <laughs> it doesn't really work. Asking for it, Michael it, Malone. It, it, <laughs> it, it's it's odd that they have such a good offense when, man, there's just like ten plays a game where it's just awkward. Yeah, where yeah. I mean, you, you know what that looks like. Right. We we've seen it on a lot of different teams. But a big part of why it has worked is that Cat stopped posting up because then they would just double him there. Vando's right. guy would come over, double him. And now Cat is playing. If there's a star player to compare him to, this, the way he plays now, like stylistically, it's Giannis. I mean, he's really he's the, interesting. He's the most prolific big man driver yeah, in yeah. the league. Cat yeah. is now right. outside of Giannis. So it's it's really taken a whole different sort of form where you have cat up there he's not shooting many threes anymore and he's just looking to drive hmm. every single time where it's it's harder to double him right if you if you put him up at the top of the key so they, they, they figured some of that out they're still figuring out other things to to answer your first part of your question recently they've been struggling it's so funny to me but how much do you think i mean the chris finch part of this is a big piece of this like he comes from the nuggets coaching tree he was with Jokic. Dude, he's a beast. He's a great coach. He's a beast. I love it. What coach has ever been described as a beast? None. Absolute unit. I mean, you got to remember. You got to remember where I'm coming from. Killer man. That's actually a big part of this. Is the Timberwolves probably had the worst coach in the NBA, or one of the worst coaches? Yeah, and and it's just been honestly, they they they've really only had one good coach ever. It was Flip Saunders. I mean, Chris Finch is the only other coach in Timberwolves history now. Who has a winning percentage over five hundred? That's yeah, wild. I don't think Sam Mitchell was in that category. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> not quite. Didn't quite make it. But it's funny that you brought up the drive part of this because Yoke's also driving a lot more, yeah. L- yeah. less so than Towns. But what I'm saying is, bringing him into different different roles is something that these two teams are doing in parallel. Vote. How much do you think Mike, Michael Malone is watching the Timberwolves specifically because Towns is a versatile scoring big, and vice versa? How much do you think Finch is watching the Nuggets, and they're both kind of like comparing notes here? Probably quite a lot. I mean, especially from the Finch side, right? Whose first introduction—I well, not—I should say introduction, but like great success and right. create in a creative offense was around Jokic. Um, I would imagine they're both keyed in pretty close for that for that same reason. Um, and the defenses too. Like he's talking about these doubles, the putting Grant Williams on him, like. Well, here's what's funny about the league right now. Everybody's so smart. I mean, I really mean this. Everybody's so smart that like one team has success with this, and then all of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh, guess what? So and so did. We're yeah. all going to do this now." So I just wonder if everybody's trying to solve the same problem, the same equation. That's what I mean. Yeah, defensively, you brought up the Robert William example with the Celtics, and we saw that ourselves with him just roaming, and it wasn't right. necessarily. There was some Horford at times, but. Uh, Grant Williams had that block on Yoke, and everyone right. was like, "What an incredible block!" But it's like, hey, it was part of their scheme. Like they're bring in the help so now he has to lean back a little like but it is really cool to see the league have to adjust to centers in this way yeah yeah like how do we guard a team whose best player is that at that size from that position who do we guard them with isn't it so interesting how different it is from like Embiid to Jokic to Cat to Giannis like all four of those guys it's like it's it's a they're they're really good beasts apparently that's my word today (laughs) but like in different ways so it I don't know it's it's kind of hard to compare them. Sure. To, I think Towns and Jokic are by far the closest of, like, if you put those four on some kind of, like, three-dimensional quadrant, like, those two would find themselves in the closest space. They are meaningfully different in certain ways, but... Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Giannis is, is way out yeah, on his own. And, his and own Towns is, or in, and Embiid is a little bit more of a traditional mold of it, just a better version yeah. than most. 
I mean, to go back to that point we were saying about Malone and Finch, it's like there are so few bad coaches in the league yeah. now. Like, I can't remember another time when there you can't like look at that many coaches and say like, okay, this guy is, you know, in in a tier by himself. Like, it just seems like coaching in the league is at such a high level, and um, the schemes that these guys are drawing up to defend the Jokic's, the Towns, the Embiid's. I just feel like it's it's at a completely heightened level than it's been in years past. What I love about Finch and Malone, they were a great duo in my opinion. This is my theory. They were a great duo because Malone is like super intense, super principled as a human being. I think he's just like, I got this or that. I think Finch is a lot more outside the box thinking and also a lot more relaxed. So and chill. I think any of those two extremes can swing too far. You kind of need it sometimes to be relaxed mm-hmm. and like, hey, l- let it breathe. And you sometimes need to be intense. And I'm wondering... Denver's personality matches Malone's often, although they also like inversely match him sometimes, and that they just drive him nuts. <laughs> what do you, do you? How do you think Finch's personality? Because he's very laid back. I mean, he's extremely casual. How do you think that has affected the mind frame of the team? It, it's interesting. One of the first things that that Finch said to us when we were just kind of like, you know, asking about what his philosophy is as a coach, and it was like he said, "You get out of the way." You know, yeah. these p- players are so talented. Your job is to get out of the way so as to not restrict their talent, right? And I think he applies the same sort of logic to the personality side mm. of it. Like, he kind of lets Pat Bev patrol things mm. in terms of, like, the locker room. And Torian Prince, like, they're the they're the, the vets on the team. And, and it's not, not like Finch doesn't have control of the locker room. It's just not, like, hyper control of, of he, it's maybe not his role to be the to be that and he i don't really, think he, he understands that i don't think he he wants to be like it's it, again it's just not he isn't wired like malone with that every minute intensity right. like he does like sit back and turn off coaching mode sometimes you could tell where malone i'm not sure it's like I think that no, Malone at a ten with two minutes left in the game, <laughs> and his reserves are in, and yeah. they're up twenty. Like oh, yeah, he's up. he never turns it off. You know the funny Malone is maybe this is across the league. Michael Malone r- reaches the podium for his press conferences before games at the exact right time. You can time. tell a lot about a coach by how on time they are <laughs> to their pregame press. We've five fifteen. I've sharp. been to I don't know seven hundred of these pregame whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's not that many. I've been to so many of them, and they are all ex- so punctual. Like yep. You can have your clock, and it'll be like, clock ticks. Here's Malone. Like last night, Doesn't Rick, Rick Carlisle, you can probably guess, was like 10 minutes late. You really? Know? Yeah. But Malone, on time, every yeah. single time. How's, how's Finch? This is like a nice little personality Coach's thing. corner. Coach's There's corner. only been one time where Finch was late, and we thought it was because he tested positive. Yeah. Oh, because no. That's the first the thing you always thing, think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. 520. Like, I don't know. Uh, supposed to be here at 515. Like, oh, shit. Um, Maybe not full Malone and punctuality, but but he's yeah. he's up there. How is he as a personality from a media perspective? He's he's really great to work with. Super plain spoken. Um, it was honestly like media interactions with Ryan Saunders were like with the, when the mics and camera were on were really uh, it was awkward kind of because Ryan had so much of Rosa's in his ear you know, saying, say this, don't say that and whatever. Mm. And as a media member, I mean, Harrison, you can attest it. Like when you're asking coaches questions every day, like you want it to be a dialogue. Right. And, yeah. and, and honest as, as much as you understand, they can't tell you everything, but like Finch is pretty close. Like he'll, mm. he'll, and he'll call players out and, and he'll, he'll just, he'll be real about what happened in, mm-hmm. in, in the situation. And I think as a player, that's probably helpful, and as a media member, for sure. So I'm looking at the schedule here. The This six-game, this seven-game stretch when you include Denver, but you're six games into the toughest seven-game stretch probably of the entire season for the Timberwolves. Yeah. They are two and four in that. Do you, They beat Milwaukee, which was a very good win. That was a good one. No you Giannis. Beat, no Giannis. Okay, fine. Not that good. That's right. They didn't have Giannis. I was very mad about that one. They beat Dallas, which was a very good win. They lost to Dallas. They lost to Phoenix. They lost to Boston, and they lost to Toronto. You look at that. I look at that personally as an outsider, and I go two and four. If I if I were them, I would have hoped for three and three, but not necessarily expected three and three. It'd have been like, man, if you do that, whatever. How do I you agree with that? It's but it's kind of feeling like a bad two and four now because the last two they just got smacked. Mm. 
Like yeah. Boston, Boston was Boston up by twenty on them. Yeah, Boston, Boston does Boston. that, though, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, honestly, last night's game was just kind of demoralizing. The Wolves were up by seventeen, and they ended up losing right. by twenty-three. They were up by seventeen. I didn't catch that part. I knew they were up, but mm-hmm. I thought it was like ten. Up seventeen in the second, and ended up losing by. Yeah, I, I Toronto does that too, though. I'm telling yeah. you, like you look, look at the teams. You look Toronto's at, a, one of the toughest teams to game plan. Right for. now, they're a tough any any given night. Toronto can beat you. I'm telling you, no, it's not even that. It's go and look at their record against 76ers, against the Nuggets, against the Ter- like any team that relies on their big. They just like uh-huh. they have something figured out there. That's my theory, at least. Um, like nurse, yeah, and, and obviously a brilliant coach. So, all right, so did you, do they not have momentum in your opinion coming into this one, or is that like, hey, they just played some tough games? See, I I think this game. You know, everyone was kind of saying after the Wolves lost last, last night, like, "Oh, the this game in Denver now is like has lost the wind in its sails, right?" Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that's true. Well, like, I think Denver's coming into that game tomorrow saying, "We win this, we've locked up." Yep, that that six. part's true. If Denver wins, I do think it's over. Yeah, so that I would I would presume for them is going to be a big driving sure. factor, and then for the Wolves, like this is your, they're still convinced they're in it they're not resting players for so. the wolves this is their chance to be like okay you know we're yeah. we're still in this like mm-hmm. we're, we're good we went two and four in our last six but we're still that team and they just got to get back right for the yeah. play like yeah. I, if you get the seven you get the seven like what they, i think the wolves have done pretty much everything they could to you know to threaten denver or dallas for for one of these spots denver and dallas just kept winning two. the wolves have been the seven seed every day since yeah. January 31st. Oh, right. Except for that one like 20-hour window yeah. where they passed the Nuggets for like a minute. That's right. That's <laughs> but right. other than that, they've been the seventh seed the whole since January 31st, and they're 16 and 7 in that time. <laughs> like, they don't move up at all. That's nuts. There's nothing more disheartening. I mean, it was the same for oh, Denver, who was yeah. in the six and was like, all right, great chance to build some separation. There just never was any. And you're like, yeah. wow, eight-game winning streak, no separation. It's just the same Crazy. standing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, now the standings are not the same. Dallas is yeah. the th- as we record this on Thursday afternoon, Dallas is the three. Who, so now Golden in the State. Golden, State Golden, State State State. Golden State's the four. Denver's, Denver's technically five. the five, yeah. <laughs> and Utah's now the six. Who's lost five straight? Like there's yeah, there's. I mean, I don't think Utah's going to lose out because they have some real easy. They they actually have some actual tanking teams down the stretch, so they're probably not a great chance for the Timberwolves to pass them. But I think Denver is the Wolves' best chance to get the six seeds. Yeah, you got to win this game, and then you got a chance. <laughs> and, I, and they have the tiebreaker right on, well, yeah, on Denver. And they don't have it on Utah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually one more game. Right, know? right. So how, what's your kind of prediction for this game? I mean, these two teams know each other. They're both relatively healthy. What's your what, what do you what do you think it's going to look like? I mean, honestly, like if they keep guarding Cat with just Jokic, I think that's a bad idea. Really? I mean, it just because I'm telling you, man, I've watched 75 <laughs> of these games this year. It's I believe like, you. <clears throat> it's when teams single cover Cat with a 5, it can it can be a bead. It can be a great 5. Like it doesn't work. It's like single coverage on Cat has not worked this season. We saw that in the last time when, when they were here. I mean, Ant had those 10 threes, but right, Cat right. kind of gave it to Jokic too. Like he was, he was moving him around, and, and one-on-one, he's just, he's just a, a tough cover. So if I were Denver, I'd put Jeff Green on Cat. That, that's what I would do. And and have Jokic lurk. I'm just saying. Jermichael, you're, well, that well, is hold the on. Dramatically, that, well, hold on. Part yeah. of what you're getting at here, though, Jermichael Green. I mean, oh, not Jermichael Green. Sorry, Jeff Green. You I know said you, said, Jeff, you yeah, said Jeff yeah, Green. Yeah, you said yeah, Jeff Green. Yeah, yeah. My, my, but okay. what I was going to say is Jermichael Green has been out for a while, and he's actually sneaky important. I think we saw a little bit of this last game Definitely. when you just needed rebound. Denver's getting killed on the rebound. They got passed. So you look at this and you go, I, I don't know if he's supposed to be back or not tomorrow, but it actually. Would probably tilt the odds a little bit more in his favor for Denver if he is, and would tilt him a little more in Minnesota's favor if he's not, just because of how shorthanded they are. And the yeah. Wolves are a great offensive rebounding team. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a close game. I, I just feel like Minnesota is a tough matchup for Denver. Their guards, especially, like the Nuggets, just can't really stop your penetration right. with Russell and Edwards. Like those guys can get to the rim. Those guys are dangerous. Nuggets defense has just not been good. <laughs> it's just been really bad over the last couple of months. It's been going in the wrong direction. And I think we know Minnesota's going to get up for this game. Yeah, man. And um, they will. 
I'm curious if the Nuggets will, to be honest. I know, it's so sad to say, but I here's what I say. I think we we go too far sometimes with that with the Nuggets. Like Jokic, the one thing is the Towns Jokic matchup. Like Jokic just never views these things in one on one ways. Whether he should or shouldn't, sometimes I think he should. Tomorrow, I kind of think he should. I really do. I think he should go out there and like yeah. try to set a tone and send a message early that to his teammates of like, hey, I'm better than this guy. Absolutely. So don't you guys worry about this and give everyone else confidence. But I kind of feel like he won't. He'll just come out and maybe there's it's possible that he can get out of the first quarter with two field goal attempts and he'd be like. What are we doing here? But um, this is just how it goes. I I, go I think it's – I mean, I, like I was saying to you before, I feel like I've watched a ton of Denver recently. And and the thing I would be concerned about as a Wolves fan would be the game being close and then in the fourth quarter. Like, I've just watched the Nuggets will their way. Jokic basically – yeah. Will the Nuggets to, to win yeah. those games in those execution times of the season. And the Wolves, I wouldn't say they're bad at that, but when they've played higher caliber teams, which I would put Denver in there, like they kind of get beat up in the last six, eight minutes of games of just being out-executed. So right. I don't know. I think if the Wolves, I think the Wolves, and this has been a trend all year, if they get up big early, like that's the thing. Like first quarter, you come out, you have like a 14-point lead, like – Look out. If not, mm-hmm. it's going to be back and forth, and then who executes on the stretch? If it's close in the fourth, I'm picking the Nuggets. Do, in, do, in the this is a Friday game, you know, obviously with a lot on the line. I think it's going to be a playoff atmosphere at Ball Arena. How is the, the Tim will get going, man. That, that gets him going. He, totally. He, so More than any player I've ever seen. Oh, and and the, the opposite of it, too. Tuesday night against the Hornets. Dead. Bet the under. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Like, like the best thing and the worst thing for a player. <laughs> and he's 20. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. he's 20, but that's... You almost expect it sometimes with guys. But he had 10 threes last time he was here. Like, he's just that guy, yeah, you know, yeah. who's going to remember those things. He knows this is uh, a really big game for them. He started to I – mean, I didn't even mention it in the kind of, like, what's gone on the past few months. His, he's not been the same player at all. He's dealing with jumper's knee. Mm. And so it's like you kind of spin the wheel of what Anthony Edwards you're going to get every night now physically. Uh, it's been better recently, but – Again, randomly, he'll just drop off. So, Is it accurate? From our perspective, the Wolves certainly seem to play with a particular ferocity against Denver this season. And now, is that just how they've taken they're, it? They're one of the rare teams that is like punching up at Denver. They're like, like oh, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Give me the Denver Nuggets. And like, there's a lot in that. to surpass them, whereas Denver... But is that... I only watch so much of this Wolves season. Have they brought that all year? Is that an accurate assessment for this matchup? comes down to Cat, man. Cat wants to beat Jokic. Yeah. yeah. He wants to beat him beat. You know, like, he's Gobert. Go Bam. Like, he gets up for, for those sort of games. And so I think that kind of, like, I mean, Cat's the best player. Like, that kind of drives it. If he is, I would be pretty shocked if Cat has, like, a bad game right. tomorrow. Yeah. And, that, and then they all kind of just, like, flank in around that. But I, I don't know. It's – I, I – they were like that at the beginning of the year, yeah. but again, it goes to that defense thing where they've just sometimes like they don't have they don't have the juice. It's almost like I felt like they were playing like a playoff team for the first third of the season, yeah. and that's that's hard to carry for eighty two. For sure, it's it really is. Hard. Why don't we hit a break? I want to continue this conversation, and including on the other side, I want to ask who is the guy? Who is the guy we're looking at as the X factor or key guy in the in the matchup tomorrow? And we'll kind of all go through our list of that. But first, Harrison. Yeah, TV. If you haven't been able to watch Nuggets and Avs games this season, which a lot of you haven't, check out Evoca TV. Sick. It's a totally new paradigm for TV delivery. Less expensive, more efficient, and a better picture quality than legacy providers. Uh, with Evoca TV, you get Altitude. You get a bunch of other national channels as well. It's only $25 a month. You get a free receiver as well. No contracts, no hidden fees. Prices locked in for two years. Most importantly, they have Altitude Sports. Uh, so what you need to do is go to evoca.tv slash DNVR. That's how you get that deal. Evoca.tv slash DNVR to get set up with them. Uh, let's see. At DraftKings Sportsbook this week, guys, we've got the tournament going on, of course. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Turn your team's victory into your own big one. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win 
and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. Of course, you can get in on same-game parlays with College Hoops as well to earn even more money. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any College Hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code DNVR. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem 1-800-522-4700. Back here, segment two. We're with the great Dane Moore, and we're previewing tomorrow's game. All right, Dane. You've had a little time to think of it. Who is the guy tomorrow? You say that's just the number one most important person, and it can be the star, or it can be a role player or an X Factor. Can I say Nuggets player? <laughs> if you want to, yeah, I'll I don't. Do, I like do. it. Yeah, actually, I, you can't. You can. I think what is so important right now against the Wolves is the opponent, opposing team's point guard being able to effectively split their pick and roll coverage, like mm. or, or handle that coverage. Because again, and I mean, I'm. I'm sure your guys' listeners recognize this. Too. The Wolves defend the same way the Nuggets do, pick and roll with Jokic you know, is up, very aggressive. Yeah. And really with the Wolves, like that, that's how they're either generating a bunch of turnovers from that point guard, Ooh, walling them up, or, or some, you know, the, the higher level point guards are picking that apart. You know, they're, they're stretching that out. They're finding the, the guy in the short roll. They're finding the guy in the corner. That's when the Wolves are getting beat up. But it really requires the point guard to initiate that effectively. And it's not an easy coverage to navigate. And so is that Monte Morris? Like, I don't know. It's not going to be all Jokic, right? He, Jokic is not going to initiate every single possession for yeah. them out there. And so I, I just, I guess that's my way of saying, I think defense is so important with this team. If you could tell it's going to be a good defensive game or a solid defensive game for mm-hmm. them, I think they can play with anybody. And that has mm-hmm. more often than not dictated the, the, opposing lead ball handler pick and roll guy what are they going to do in in a given game and honestly denver doesn't have great options there well it's interesting because bones would be the guy and it's it's kind of funny to think about bones maybe being the key here because he actually has been the key for the nuggets in a lot of these games it's just a lot to put on his shoulders well i mean it's tough the wolves have so many long players like russell edwards um vando obviously like it makes it tough because like Monte and Bones, yeah, like they've got some length. Bones is a nice wingspan, but they're still pretty small guys. You know, it For makes sure. it tough. For sure. Nuggets have had 12 turnovers, 17 turnovers, and eight, 18 They turnovers. turned the ball over. Go, so going much. in reverse order, actually. So the first game was 18, the second game 17, the last game 12. Yeah. Um, something to look at there. I mean, 16 or above, 15 or above is a lot. 15 or below is not a lot. So Wolves had 22 last night. Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> but they uh, look to generate them on defense, right? And I think I do actually expect them to have maybe more success than you're expecting because you're looking at how they've trended down in that direction. Mm-hmm. From our perspective, Denver's also trending down in protecting the ball. Yeah, for sure. Vote. Who's your guy? Uh, Anthony Edwards. Can I take him? Sure. Too. Uh, I, we traded. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, he it's like he has such a strong impression in our minds because of how hell, freaking dominant yeah, he was he in that one game. <laughs> hell yeah, he does. Might like, have been his best game as a pro. I mean, he's really good, but that and game do was I expect ridiculous. to see that again? No, but do like you know is Aaron Gordon going to guard him? How does that matchup work out? Mm-hmm. Because I think Cat and Yoke, the Cat plays Yoke well, and I, this is not Yoke's best matchup, but mm-hmm. I do think more often than not we could at least call it a wash or something. A pro- they'll yeah. both be very good. Oh, it's no shade at at, sure. at Jokic at at all. I mean, right. Jokic is better than Cat. So then I, then then, <laughs> but the next guy I fear. Yeah, I want to be like I don't want to be like Homer guy. Like no, no, no. actually, but in this matchup, I have Cat for MVP this year as well. Yeah. But uh, Ant's the next guy that just scares me. I don't know if he's the next most important guy, but just X factor that could turn you know the game on its head, whether that's momentum or way. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He has six points. I mean that 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 happens with him all the time too. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching yeah. him for sure. I think Aaron Gordon's going to be big just in terms of a guy you're looking to maybe guard in Anthony Edwards, but also rebounding. Yeah. Like the, the Timberwolves killed Denver on the offensive glass last time they played. Aaron Gordon has been really a bad rebounder turned into a, a pretty average one, I think. He's been kind of trending up, but um, still not like elite there. So, you no, know, if Aaron Gordon gives them a really good defensive game, a good game on the glass and he puts pressure on the rim on the other side of the ball, Like I think that could lead to a Denver one. 
That would be my answer is Aaron yeah. Gordon, just because he swings so many things. And as you mentioned, he did get cooked by Anthony Edwards once this year. And so that this, matchup, that matchup would be like, Hey man, but, but on top of that is you kind of need a playoff performance from Aaron Gordon. You need him to both make sure Ed Anthony Edwards is a non-factor or a limited factor. You also need him to rebound really well, and then you need him probably to score a little bit. Like, just yeah, I don't think they're going to have to run a ton if he does no. those other two things. They don't maybe have to run a ton through him, but they also look. Denver needs just an X amount of guys to step up. Yeah. Like Jokic almost yeah. always steps up. You need to get a couple other guys that step up, and he's a great candidate for it. So, to me, they probably need a top ten game of the year from Aaron Gordon tomorrow. Hmm. Yeah, I think that would be uh, that would be like one of the big. Keys it's almost like for the Nuggets to win right now, you know, Jokic is going to give you an A level game. You almost need like two out of the four right. of Will, Monte yep. Morris, Aaron Gordon, and Bones Highland to yeah. have a good game. So true. Then you can get a win. You know, yeah. if you only get one out of four of those guys going off, it's probably a loss. And how have hmm. Gordon's best games come, especially of late? Like, just stay active, man. Cut yeah. off ball, like. You don't have to wait for a wide open shot. Um, you can pump fake that or just take it straight into an aggressive drive. Just be Aaron Gordon, a guy who physically very few players can match up with. Yeah. Which he has been lately, right? Up and down. Up and down. The good looks like that. The yeah. bad is when he's maybe a little more tentative or waiting for the jumper. Or he's a bit jump. of an enigma, man, because I think he is, I mean, he's very well suited to be Uh-oh, in that. We're like, at enigma stage with Gordon yeah. already. <laughs> no, well, what I'm I, a Gordon <laughs> fan. I'm a Gordon <laughs> fan. I want it. I think the Gordon cycler. is like a really good fit next to those type of centers. He is. He's an incredible about. fit. He really is. Like, I, I, wanted him, fit. I wanted him to be the four. You have to think of it this way. If you added Aaron Gordon to the current uh, team, the Timberwolves team, he'd be like, unbelievable. Are you kidding? He, he gets to play around D'Angelo and Towns and, and uh, Edwards. You'd be like, that's great. He's the fourth option. If you took away Edwards and and, <laughs> and D'Angelo, <laughs> that's what's all, yeah. then that's exactly what's happened with yeah. Denver. So you're like, some nights when we say he doesn't have it, he's probably just not cap- expect, should right. be expected to have it every night in that way. And right. it's the toll of the season, right? The first third he was like a plus plus i and do now it's a little bit more it's not lost on me that every time he talks about yoke that's what he mentions he's like this guy brings it every night i didn't know you're supposed to yeah, do I that i didn't even know you did. guys don't realize Getting that a lot of night. d'angelo russell parallels here <laughs> <laughs> aaron gordon he's kind of like his own worst enemy because when he wants to be the super efficient uh high Aggressive. field goal percentage right. guy he can be just goes to the rim buries his guy in the post and just finishes at the basket. He can do that every possession if he wants to, but over the last couple months, he's just settled a lot, taken a lot of threes, made some, but missed more. (laughs) It's it's like when he wants to be that guy, he totally can. So I think Aaron Gordon would be my answer on this. Another guy that you could say that's not my answer, like Will Barton. The Nuggets can't have a bad Will Barton game tomorrow, and sometimes they have a bad Will Barton game, and it's really rough. They need him to be like – a positive you talked about splitting the defense or he's probably the second best on the team at doing that specific thing bones being the first and barton's going to play a lot so they need him to be able to make plays without turning it over that puts that pressure on them but i i think the guy's yoke i think the guy's Jokic. like this is a perfect not that he cares about these things i think he honestly just wants to win but this is the perfect narrative builder can the nuggets make the sixth seed with them losing this one yes but it's a little weird if you don't it's almost like it was given to you rather than you yeah. take it tomorrow is a chance for Jokic to take it for the nuggets to say nope we are not going to the play-in mm. we, i'm shutting mm-hmm. the door on this because i was the best player on the court by a meaningful margin which he has in my opinion the ability to do we just only see it in these little pockets. Like they just seem to happen sometimes out of nowhere where he saves the game. Tomorrow is a game that I would love for him to come out, a reminder game as you put him uh, vote, and just really a statement game that's like, I'm not trying to say anything bad about my teammate, this or right. that, but there were times this year where I just said, we're going to do this, and we and we did it. And tomorrow would be the best chance. I make some threes. He hasn't even been taking them, but I think he's going to have, have to take some, and he hasn't been making them lately. Tomorrow would be a great night for him to go three or four from three. The, the, what determines if he takes threes is just the quality of team he's going against. It's so true. Like, <laughs> he, so he's true. going against the Pacers. So where do the Wolves fall on that? I think the uh, Wolves take fall him, yeah. in the category of he's going to take, gonna take like three. The yeah. Pacers, he'll, he'll take like four or five the tomorrow. Thunder, he's like, I don't need to take threes yeah. against these guys. Going right to the basket every <laughs> yeah. time. Or, yeah. I'm going to pass up even a foul line jumper just to you know give it to somebody else at the rim. I actually insist that one of you motherfuckers take care <laughs> of this. I really... The other auxiliary <laughs> thing here for, for Denver, Dane, is that, you know, this Jamal Murray-Michael Porter thing has hung over the Nuggets' heads all year. We still don't know if those guys are coming back or not. Jeez. We kind of thought they'd be back here before. 
I honestly believe that if the Nuggets win tomorrow, the odds of those guys go up, or odds of those guys returning go up ever so slightly. In large part because the last four games don't matter. Like you don't have to worry about what if we bring Michael Porter back in a must-win game. Like that's a nervous thing to do. If you get a four-game cushion to just say, hey, you know what? Why don't we try this out? I just think it makes it a little bit more likely and allows Denver a little bit more just rest and and we'll get our team right rather than hey, we have to play Yoke forty-three minutes down the stretch every right. game just to get in. So I think it's big. It feels for that. like it would help them a lot if they could get a couple of games in. Total, they'll almost become preseason yeah, games. You they cannot. Become, um, you cannot go into game one of the playoffs and be like, okay, they're well, back. Well, hold on. There's precedent for this in each of the last two years. Last year, Will Barton returned in game two of the second round. That's after a missing. little different. It, <laughs> well, because it was Barton? No, because it was the, the second injury. round, and yeah, it was Barton. Okay, the injury was but, different, too. But, well, the injury was different, but it doesn't matter. Like Barton was so – he had been out for like seven weeks like, sure, or six sure, weeks. Sure. Like He'd been out so long that it was a real coming out of nowhere. And then before that, you had Gary Harris, same <laughs> thing, who had missed like six weeks. I just I, think that's totally different. Though. Is it different than Michael Porter? Yeah. Why? Gary just – in that Utah series, he played such a defined role. Like he, I think Michael Porter would play a defined role if he came back. I think it's just a little different, man. I mean, Gary, you can just put him out there for defense, and like you know, he's not gonna do too much on offense. He, he's just gonna fit in. I, I just feel like Porter is it's it's so different. I, that's just me. I just, I, the, I have an example, um, and it actually includes the the Nuggets was the 2017-18 year game eighty two. Um, I, Jimmy Butler missed like 15, 20 games right before ah. that. Was and that his first game back? I think he maybe came back like game 80. Okay. But it was this, it, I mean, basically kind of yeah. the idea of, of right before, like what Murray or what uh, Murray would probably be the comp there. Um, but he came back too early, like mm. in, in hindsight there. Like if they could have done that over, they would have had him take that extra week. Mm. Um, but then maybe you don't win that game 82. Right, that's true. You know, yeah, so, yeah. but so those weren't, preseason, those weren't preseason games right, for yeah, the right. Wolves. They were going for the eighth seed yeah. with, with, with Denver. Do you find a nice parallel there, though? I mean, this game 82 was, it was weird because Minnesota was a little bit ahead of Denver, it felt like, in the development, just mm -hmm. because they had gone for Jimmy Butler. But do you feel a little parallel there of like, hey, it all comes back down to this, and maybe there's an echo between these two teams of like, hey, remember four years ago? It's the same situation. Well, there's oddly a lot of players who played in that game yeah. and will be playing in this game. Some now on the Timberwolves, right? Right. right. I yeah, guess Malik right. Beasley is is out right now, so he he won't be playing. But okay, you know Vanderbilt was there. Cat Beasley been, always gives it to Denver too. Have you noticed? Like Beasley, oh, yeah. I feel like his it's like his Super Bowl. That is his oh, Super any Bowl. Any chance man, to outplay so Gary or Will Barton is like a very <laughs> circle that twice. Gary. I think. Yeah. Gary, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's been awesome. Really? For the Wolves, the past few months, he's the. He had that record-breaking three-pointer yeah. night. Well, yeah, Ant made ten against Denver, and Malik made eleven uh, a couple weeks later. That's crazy. Who they're playing, but uh, but man, he he's been like, if you if you go through like the past three months, like he is the highest volume three-point shooter in the league outside of Steph Curry. Wow! And he like if you go per thirty-six yeah, sure, sure. or whatever, he gets him up quick, yeah. Um, and he's made. Forty-six percent of them. Wow. He can shoot the shit. Wow. I mean, really it's like it's been the best version of of Beasley these these past few months. Which in Wolves' world is ironic because if somebody they didn't make any moves at the deadline, but if something was going to happen, it was going to be trading out Malik Beasley mm -hmm. to I don't know get some more size right. or something. But mm -hmm. the best move the Wolves made at the deadline was was not trading for yeah. For years though, Harrison, the Nuggets didn't lose to the Timberwolves and I felt like it was because of that game 82. Like it was almost oh, like yeah. they circled oh, yeah. that game. It was like 3 years they didn't lose to them and I feel like it the really Wolves was also sucked in those. They did, they did, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. Denver loses a lot of teams that yeah. suck. <laughs> I, but I wonder if that has worn off and I think if Jamal was here maybe it wouldn't have because Jamal like to me, Jamal mm. and Jokic lost that game. Yeah. Like now you talk about like some of these other guys. I don't even know if Barton was playing at that time. Maybe he was. I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Wilson I don't know. Chandler was Part playing was. for sure. Wilson Chandler had a game to forget. <laughs> I, I just think that was so long ago. Denver's not even thinking of that, about that. I That's bet, a bummer. I want. I to. bet Towns is though. You know, I, I just think Denver's moved so far past that. They've had playoff runs and whatnot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota still thinks about that though. Mm. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I, just goes back to like it's another thing that gets cat up for games against Jokic. Yeah, yeah. you know he's. 
that's one of the only other great players in the league that he's beaten in a really important game. Right. In, yeah, in, in his entire career. Yeah. I mean, do you, I feel true. like he's grown a lot. I mean, we talked, this has been like two years where we talked about towns, maybe not taking full ownership of the team and responsibility and this or that. And I, some of the things he says, some every now and then I'll read a quote that I'll kind of be like, whatever, I'll kind of yeah. roll my eyes out. But I do feel like he's had a, a big maturation process in that regard over the last season and a half, two seasons. Yeah, I would say so for sure. This is his favorite group of guys, teammates mm. um, that have been around him. And then, I mean, I just go to the like early 20s human being, you know, like all of us when we were 23 yeah. If people were transcribing everything we'd say, there'd be some, you know, right? Like it's just he. Different people turn on the like more mature adult switch at different times in their life, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think for Cat, obviously the tragedy, he he went through that that kind of that unfortunately matures you in in other ways. And yeah, he's just like he's just a lot more comfortable in in his skin. He's still very vain and he's very aware of the way he's perceived and a lot of those quotes that you're talking about that you see from cat they are almost trying too hard it, it is it what he is trying to do is play 3d chess i am asking him the question and he is not answering me no. he is thinking about what can i say here that will right sound right and, and you when can you see start, the gears turning yeah, yeah and 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 it just kind of becomes yeah he goes in the wrong direction with it. Like there has been, there has been, there's been less of that this year. But that that's also, you know, that's just kind of who yeah. Carl is, and that's okay. Yeah. Is he like a lighthouse figure though? Like we know he's the best player, but do guys look to him when he's on, on or off the? Court? I almost mean more of that than yeah, I do the quotes. It, I almost just mean more of the like, is, is he his team? taking the ownership yeah. that includes the responsibility aspects of this team? I think it's Pat Bev's team. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, maybe that helps. Like, like sometimes I mean, it helps to have a guy it, that's. It's Carl's team in sure, a basketball sure. of course, sense. Of course. Of course. Which matters a lot. <laughs> so I, I shouldn't <laughs> give it up because Pat Bev scores like nine points a game. Yeah, yeah. So you, you don't get to be that. But I, I, I say that to, to mean that it's kind of like this tandem of Carl and Pat who, who are. A real yin and yang type. Relationship, <laughs> totally. yeah. but it's worked like a lot. A lot of people in Minnesota were like, "Oh no, look how Jimmy Butler went." What yeah. do you think it's going to be like with Pat Bev? Sure, and it's been the complete opposite. Right. Mm. Like those guys are cool with each other. Pat knows. I mean, Pat's trying to win. You know, yeah. he knows he needs a player of that that caliber. Oh, he's going to goon it up tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to be. We're going to all going to hate him. We're going <laughs> to hate him so bad. Uh, he, let's take a break on so the, bad. On the other <laughs> side, though, let's talk about broader Western Conference playoffs. Dane's looking for the Timberwolves to play. We're looking for. Uh, we'll get there. Maybe even a playoff matchup. Who knows? Those teams Who could knows? match up. A Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. If you're in the area, stop by the DNVR bar corner of Colfax in York. We got Breck Brew Seltzers chilling in the fridge right now. Bunch of different flavors. So if you're in the area, stop in. Make sure to pick one of those up. If you're not, it's all right. Go to the Breck Brew website. Check out the Breck Brew beer locator. It will tell you where to get seltzers closest to uh, wherever you are. So pick up some Breckenridge Brewery seltzers. Breck Brew is the official beer of DNVR. That's it? That was quick, Harrison. All right, final segment over here. Let's talk broader NBA playoffs. They begin in like a week and a half. The wins the play-in. Do we 12th know? and 13th. So what is that? Uh, two weeks. So it's basically two weeks away. I'm going to my monthly one here. Monthly like calendar. Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. The 12th and 13th? Is that correct? No. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. I'm on the wrong month here. Uh, yes, you're correct. Calendar, the calendar corner say. here in segment three. <laughs> well, I did, I've never actually used the month part of the calendar here. It's very, very weird. It's, um, it's a helpful one. Yeah, it's very helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. Middle. So we got a week and a half here, which is going to it's gonna fly by. Um. Who are the Timberwolves most likely to beat in the first round of the playoffs? I think Memphis. Really? Yeah. Well, Let's I don't go. think why. <laughs> why Memphis? I, I think that's a team who doesn't really have a matchup for Cat. Mm. And I, I, I know, like, you, you got to look at it through the lens of, you the know, the, player. the team that you're that yeah. you're playing against and the team that you have and that they match up. I mean, they, they beat, they beat Memphis by 46 once this year. <laughs> like, and, and then I think they're two and two against Memphis. God, I would love that series though. That would be a really fun one in part because they're both young, 
You know, they kind of oh, both yeah. have a reason to have a, a sort of don't chip like on each their other. Shoulder. They Do don't not like each other. Why? There was uh, remember when Memphis went on the eleventh game yeah. winning streak. The eleventh game was in Memphis against the Wolves, and like the Grizzlies were on the court, like taking pictures after the game, which apparent I don't know. Apparently, all the Wolves took offense to. I love so it. So then when they so when they like. I'm they sure were a little too happy. I'm with sure the Pat Beverly took the most oh, no, offense it was, to that. It, it was <laughs> out of anyone. <laughs> he, he was. He said so on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Um, so so there was. Uh, yeah, actually. Um, oh, I mean, I'm rooting for this. Like, and, I just, and John right. both said it was a rivalry in their post game. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nuggets need to win tomorrow. Then just take some pictures. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Really, just really send them into a spiral. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm gleaning that you guys think Memphis is a terrible matchup for Denver. Uh, I just think they're a really good team. It's really not even good. a match. I don't yeah. even get to the matchup. I just look at that and I go, "That's a team that's peaking right now, and they're really talented." And you <laughs> look at you look at Golden State and Utah, and it's like those teams are in shambles. Mm-hmm. So I'd personally rather play them right now. It's also when you're worried about perimeter containment, and then you turn your head oh, and Jesus, see Ja yeah. Morant. You're yeah. like, "Oh yeah, Denver that's tough. That's Denver tough." Can't guard and, but that's that's kind of my point, though, right? Like Denver and. Minnesota are put together very differently. Like yeah. right? Minnesota does actually have perimeter right. defenders who right. they can mm-hmm. they can put on on jaw there. I also think part of it for me is the Wolves are at a very different place in their like trajectory than the Nuggets are. They're years yeah. behind them, and I think there's a lot of value for Anthony Edwards and for Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell who played in very few playoff games in their careers to have like a real series that is competitive and not maybe disagree that. You know, against Memphis, it could be competitive, but I don't think the Wolves will at all be competitive against Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah, and and then like Golden State, you're right, shambles and everything. But if everyone's back, like I think that's just an older group that will be able to handle the Wolves pretty easily. Memphis is young too, yeah. Like, they're not that's playoff battle tested. That's they're kind of yeah. awesome though. Like to me, I almost yep. give them an extra year of maturity just because they're really good players. Like they, yeah. they have a lot of guys that know what to do. They really do. But then again, I was watching Golden State Phoenix last night, and I haven't watched the Warriors in a while, probably since they played the Nuggets. And just watching Draymond Green yeah. on defense last I know, night, I know what he did to DeAndre Ayton. I was like. Oh my God! Now I don't want any part of the Warriors. Again. <laughs> no, you don't. I was like, okay, they're in shambles. No step, but Draymond last night, I was like, holy shit, man! This guy's still the best defender in the league. Part he still me, is. Part of me wants to see Yoke go at Draymond. I just want to see what happens. We, have haven't, happen. it's, we, we haven't, haven't seen, seen it. Man. We haven't seen a whole lot of it yeah. in a series like watch, that. You can't want it in the first round. I think you want the Warriors, if you get them, you want them in the first round. Part of me wants them because in, of the injury. But I also want them in the Phoenix side of the bracket because I yeah. do think they have the best chance of getting them. And it, and Golden State in the second round should be a lot scarier. So if you kind of say, like, Phoenix, Golden State, second round, maybe they take them out. And again, See, this Denver. Is second round, where that's not even in my. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know. Part of the We've been talking about, like, avoiding Phoenix. And yeah, it's like, should we just focus on the first round here? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, probably. Prob- prob- probably. Six- but <laughs> yeah. I, my whole thing is, like, I don't want Yoke to ever lose a first round series. I just think it'd be cool to always yeah, say that's a guaranteed ticket. So <laughs> might as well get a good one there. Um, here's my big fear. I think the Clippers are awesome, and they just lost five games in a row. So there's a little bit of this, like, how am I saying they're awesome? I think they're a sleeping giant. They threw the game against Denver. I really believe this. They threw it because they knew they were in the play-in, and they knew that Denver at that Mm. time was looking likely to be in the play-in. Now it's kind of changed. But I think that was a don't tip your hand, but we know not how to beat them, but we know what they don't want us to do. And they didn't do it. We know our game plan against them. And they didn't do it. They're like, we're not going to do it this time to give them a little extra practice. I think the Clippers are good. They got Paul George back. He had an awesome game. You saw Norman Powell was working out and says he's pain-free. Like, he might be back. I just look at that Clippers team in the first round of the play-in, and I go, would I be surprised, whether it was Minnesota or whether it was Denver, would I be surprised if not only did the Clippers win that game but won it a little comfortably? I'm not saying it would happen. It just would not surprise me one bit. And that's why I, I don't know how you feel. I'm terrified of the play-in because the bad teams down there at the bottom <laughs> can become good in an well, instant. Also, that team in Southern California is getting healthier, too. Well, we'll talk about them next, <laughs> but I want to talk about the Clippers. Like, Do they scare the you other at all? If you, get, if you are in the seventh seed and you play the Clippers, are you? what's your confidence level there? Very scared. <laughs> I, I mean, it's because, again, I think there's like... I think it's important for the Wolves to have a playoff series, like I, yeah, I was is. just saying. And, so, and, 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 you know, and for Denver, too, like... This well, at least Denver can fall back on the excuse of like, 
oh, he didn't, you know, we didn't have Murray and Porter, whatever. Right. The, the Wolves, like, this year they very much exceeded expectations, and that's, like, the narrative around them right now. But it's still unsatisfying. If we're talking in two weeks and they didn't actually make the playoffs, yeah, I don't know. I think people are going to remember that more than your, like, 47 so win true. total. So, yeah, I, I, I think, though, like, and this applies to the Nuggets as well, we got to do, like, some basic math. And in the idea statistically of losing two games in a row at home, like even call it 50-50 in that first matchup, right? If it's 50-50 in that first matchup and you still lose it, and then it's 50-50 in the next matchup, that's still a 75% chance that, that you're going to move on. And the odds, are probably, sucks, than, I'm the odds saying, are probably higher than that. The odds are probably higher than that. This is Sachin Gupta just getting into Dane's brain <laughs> with all these spreadsheets and calculations and whatnot. Look at the, <laughs> the algorithm here. says the, the tree here. Yeah. By the I, way, you could have said any numbers and I would have nodded my head and agreed. He's I'm, doing the you math You know what I mean? Though? It is two yeah. games, though. Like, <laughs> no, you gotta, you're right. They, it, it, is, yeah. it is two games. At I home. Think, I think a bad part of the plan, an underrated bad part of the plan for the Wolves or for the Nuggets is – the possibility of even if you do get that second play in game, then you're the eighth seed and you play Phoenix and it's over. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's a great point. So, like, yeah. I mean, that would be sucks. You're right that you're right that the playoffs do matter for a team like Minnesota. But if you get Phoenix and you just get swept, it, it feels only like that's a, what I'm saying. A half step better than I don't think Memphis will do that. I don't think Memphis will do that to anyone. Honestly, what's that like sweep? Just, just sweep them. I, I think I think whoever Memphis plays in the first round. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, Memphis like won't do at least it. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. And I, I see a lot of value in that for the Timberwolves. Like every game extra matters. <laughs> the, the other part of this year, I mean, I know what you're saying about the Clippers. I just think the Clippers are really good, and we just haven't seen it. It's been so hidden because they haven't had this team on the court together at any portion. Mm -hmm. But, like, they're, they might actually get it together for the first time this week and put it all together, and we'll get three-game sample size and be like, oh, shit, the that most, really like, good. the most, 2022 NBA thing ever. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> but, man, it's so dumb. Well, honestly, I look at this, and I go, Brooklyn's in the play-in. The yeah. Clippers are That's in the play-in. The LeBron, <laughs> and, you know, he's got this rolled ankle. Anthony Davis allegedly is going to test that out tomorrow and try to come back and then be just in time to play two straight games in a row against the Nuggets, which is a big, huge bummer. So they might actually be the best version of themselves that they've been all year. But and again, I'm with they you. They suck. <laughs> yeah, that part's important to remember. <laughs> that part is it is important. It is important. But I'm, uh, look, LeBron and Anthony Davis fully motivated and focused for one game. Sure. And that's the thing sure. is it's not about a series. It's not about this. It's just like, can they do something in one game? And Anthony Davis is an upgrade over Wendon Gabriel. <laughs> for sure. True. Remember how everyone used to say, you know, if you're a contender, you have your final team at the trade deadline, not the start of the regular season. Right now, it's if you're a contender, you just have your final <laughs> team with like two games left before the playoffs. So you're start. in the play-in. Yeah, so make sure they show up in March. Yeah. We're literally talking about the Nuggets maybe getting their key pieces back yeah. on yeah. next Wednesday. That's just the sexy thing to do, man. Just get your team right with a couple games left. This season is so dumb. <laughs> it would honestly, I would feel bad for Minnesota if they don't make the playoffs this year because you're right. That would be the most Minnesota also is facing the like sim Denver has similar things this feeling of being cursed right like yeah. all these things have gone bad for them and if you have the season that you have and just miss it by a hair and then somehow Paul George goes for 50 and then Anthony Davis goes for 50 and you're just like what the hell just happened right these it, teams didn't do anything to build on this 82 just, games and it's over like that and it's just like that so it could of, it could get real bad for the Wolves if they lose those two I'm sure my I'm playing this on my podcast too and my listeners will will hate to hear this but like if the Wolves don't make the playoffs, they lose, lose in the play -in. That's very demoralizing. Yeah. And maybe that impacts Carl Anthony Towns's mm. all NBA case. Mm. And he is only supermax eligible to sign an extension this summer. Oh, wow. If he gets all NBA, no all NBA real chain reaction. There aren't the votes in before yeah. the play in though. Either way, the product of, I'm more so talking about the product of, yeah. okay, the season wasn't actually as good as we thought it was mm -hmm. because they didn't make the playoffs. Plus, Cat gets screwed somehow by this dumb voting system of, like, Embiid and Jokic or centers, maybe. Like, it's all so stupid. And if Cat doesn't – if that ends up not happening and Gobert makes third-team All-NBA over Cat, a possibility. I don't think that's the right thing. But if you look at how things were voted on in the All-Star game by the media, like, Gobert was clearly above Cat. So – like, I, I, again, I just think there's a lot on the line for so, the Wolves yeah. in these so final five games. So here's the better question. If they do drop the play-in and don't make the first round, does that lead to significant changes, I'll say? 
No, it, it puts you in limbo mm. for a year, which you don't want. It's uncomfortable. Like, I mean, I, I think the Wolves will continue to progress, but they're, they're, they're young. and They got their squad, but, no matter like, what happens. Look at, uh, look at New York this year. Yeah, that's oh, kind that's of a team a good who's like similar. Right. Or Atlanta. Great. You know, where what if the Wolves regress like those, those teams yep. do next year? And now if Cat didn't sign the Supermax, now you missed the plan weird stuff this year and you somehow – you know, got some guys hurt and you go 40 and 42 next year. And now, Carl, do you want to sign it? Right, right. Yeah. Maybe like you don't. That, Maybe you're less, yeah. He will for sure sign it this summer if he is super, super max. Well, of course, that's so yeah. much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's a huge deal for, yeah. I mean, you guys have this like, it's this like foregone conclusion that Jokic is going to be a nugget till he re- like It's really nice, man. Like let, me, let me tell you, it's really nice. It's a luxury. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I mean, you know, Cat's been here forever. And to be fair to Cat, he has always said publicly, you know, that he wants to build sure. something in Minnesota and do those things. And I believe that, but at some point as a professional, right. at 28 years, it's the same thing with like KD leaving to like at 28 years old, a lot of times guys just go. Like mm. that's when they move. Mm-hmm. If if it's not the perfect Jokic like setup. Ready so, for something new. Yeah. You know? So um I, I don't think that's where it's moving, but like those are the stakes, I guess, for the board. I think I have it. I think Uh-oh. our perfect bracket now features Denver in the first round as the sixth seed taking on. At this point, I think it's just Dallas. Like I don't know that Dallas is the perfect matchup for Denver, but it's not. It's not the worst matchup, and it looks the most likely that they will be the three. That's a tough one. I don't love it, but we'll see what happens. Fun series. But the seven seed being Minnesota against Memphis is a great because it sounds like there's at least a chance, if nothing else, to make that competitive, make it go the distance, and maybe who knows, Minnesota wins that one. And then you've got, I'm telling you, this Clippers team is an eight seed going up against Phoenix. Do I think they're going to beat the Suns? Hell no. I don't think they will. But you know what? That's not, a, I don't think it's a sweep. Maybe they maybe. beat the Wolves in the play-in and then they're the seven. Maybe they well, could take the Suns to five games. <laughs> I think, no, what no. What about Clippers-Grizzlies, No, though? here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, guys. Yeah, that's Clippers, Grizzlies. Part, of, part of what I want, here, no, I, I want Minnesota to beat the Grizzlies. I okay. like that series. I'm saying eight here. I like Clippers there. Tyloo's a great coach. And sometimes what happens in a playoffs is you just see what did the other coaches do. What was the thing Ty Lue unlocked about the Suns that they hate? And now the next team builds on that and goes for it. And so if you force Phoenix to go round one against the Clippers, round two against the Warriors before getting to the conference finals, to me, I'm just like, that's a really – they might have the hardest path of anybody. They'll be the one seed and have the hardest road to the finals. And that would just be a really lucky break for Denver. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not counting on Denver to make it to the finals or this or that. But, hey, if you're going to stack the deck, might as well stack it the best way you possibly can, and that might be it. So um, I like it. Final final prediction for tomorrow. For tomorrow? I Give me like a be... score. Give me a score and, and maybe a top storyline. Um, 115-110 Nuggets. Jokic wins MVP. <laughs> yeah, just on the court. They yeah. Adam Silver Bring out the trophy. Man. I feel like the I Clorox the MVP. <laughs> no, the Kia MVP. Bring it the out. Kia MVP. Get the spokesman there. Like, ah, get, is it not do the, the Clorox MVP? No, Clorox no. was All Star. Oh, okay, okay. It's always been the Clorox. Kia MVP. It's always been, yeah. of, course. <laughs> of course. Bill Russell won the Kia MVP yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Ever since Blake Griffin jumped over the car, it's been the Kia. <laughs> but no, I think if Jokic has a dominant game tomorrow night, he wins MVP. Nuggets are locked into. At least the six seed, and I think it's a close game, and Denver gets it tomorrow. Vote. Oh man, I know it's a close game. I hope so. I kind of think the Wolves take this one. I think they're in more of a place of desperation. I I think the Nuggets are doing what they need to do to pick up wins right now, but has it necessarily been inspiring ball over these last three? God, it's anything um, but for sure. Versus like hanging on by a thread. I could just and Denver also hasn't been great at home, so I, I could just see the Wolves coming out like a team that wants it more, and that being a gap that's tough to bridge across four quarters. Yeah, it's crazy for the Wolves to be that team, but they aren't. I mean, they've never been that team. Sure, since, since I've sure. covered them, and and yeah, like they they do they do have that ability. Um, again, I talk about the first quarter, like. They want to come out of the first quarter, turn it over seven times, right? You know, and if they're able to do that, they'll, they're going to win. I think they'll win the game. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I view the game pretty close as like a as a coin flip. Um, I think it'll be high scoring. You do, I do, I do too. Um, see, that's the part I wonder about. 
I just the regular season games just don't have an intensity to them. They just don't. And like you can have a great game like a month ago where two teams are just kind of in a zone and there's this thing to it. But tomorrow night is a game that going into it, mm. both teams know how important it is. Yeah. And I just I kind of feel like that maybe drives it down a little bit. Yeah, I mean I just I mean 110, 108, 110, 107, something like that. I could see which is for these two teams low scoring because guys just miss. It's an uglier game than we think. I'll I'll stick with my high score. I'll say Wolves one twenty five, Nuggets one nineteen. I think that's a pretty I, – I, I kind of lean that way too, and I, I hate to say it, but just Denver has not played very inspiring basketball <laughs> they a haven't. whole lot. I watched that Pacers game on the plane today. Wow. Salute to you. Yeah, salute. Wow. <laughs> that w- what else can I do? Um, <laughs> that was really uninspiring. Yeah. What was your takeaway? What about the first quarter, though? <laughs> well, that was even the first then. quarter was – so I was kind of tracking the game last night as the Wolves were playing, you know, just like looking at the score, and I'm like, oh, my God. 43 to 15, 15 after yep. the first quarter. But then I was watching the game and it was like 14 to 10. Like it was it was kind of close and then they just dominated like the the end of that quarter, but yeah, I just found like I don't know, when when it feels like Goga Batadze and you know, Jalen Smith are like outworking you. Like that's that's yeah. the thing is they got at yeah. work. That's the, that's the right. part that's so annoying. It was really Terry Taylor grabbing nine offensive rebounds. <laughs> yeah. And that's my concern, by the way, for this game. Like if Denver plays their A game at home, can they beat oh, the is Jeff Green, Of course. Is Jeff Green going to match the yeah. bring the record? Are they going to show up to like, work? Not, like, yeah, know, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, we'll find I you guys were so much higher on the Nuggets two months ago when I was here. This you, were. Partic- you were. The getting you came out, out at the beginning and you were like, Jokic has reached. You're right. But he level. Got, here's you're the right, problem right. is Jokic has been at that level and it's still a grind. You're still yeah, just like, is. damn it. He shoot. What does he did in March? He shot like 70% from the field and they eke out wins against yeah, Indiana. Every, so everyone weird. else has fallen down a level. It's just yeah. like it doesn't make sense. I, I feel like from, you know, removed, like I, I've been kind of enjoyed the Nuggets these, these For past. Sure. Once, once they've like, like the boogie thing yeah. felt like a you know oh, yeah. a big change. That was definitely a shot in the arm. That was a shot in the arm for sure. Just to, I mean, not only to do something in those backup five minutes, but the rotation just seems to make a little bit more sense. Yes. Where there's not like some of those times where we're like, wait, those three guys are out there. I think the last time the Wolves played Denver, the Nuggets bench was still like a disaster. Yeah, that that might be the biggest change in like Denver's makeup because That's now a good point. the Who bench was even is- the backup five then. There what there literally it was, wasn't. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna Green. take I'm gonna take Denver here. I'm look, just looking. There, at I it. There, yeah, I'll back. tell you, one fifteen to one eleven. I'll say Denver. Here, here's the here's the thing point. that I think is hard when you're watching these games versus when you step back and you don't you you see the forest for the trees here. What they lost to Boston and they got um or I'm sorry they lost to the Thunder and that was a bummer of a game. But that's kind of a tough matchup for Denver. And it was the first loss they had in eight games. And they lost it. And we're like, yeah, God, they suck. Lindy but Waters. Like, just like they killer. lost one. Then, How do you match up then, with that? Then they, lost, Sam Presti then they lost on a back-to-back against Golden State. And they lost to Toronto. Turns out Toronto just beat, like we've mentioned, right. they're beating all these teams. So those are two games that you look at and you're like, not bad losses. They just were losses. And they were surrounded by a four-game winning streak and a two-game winning streak. They blew a lead at Cleveland and that felt bad. But guess what? Cleveland's a good team and they lost in overtime to them on the end of a road trip. And then they lost to Boston, which everybody loses to. And then they lost to Phoenix. That's it. In the last two months, those are all of Denver's losses. Two months. Right. And all yeah. of those losses you look at and you go, okay, see, that was a bad one. Every other one was one that they probably were underdogs in or close. And they lost them in ways you'd expect. And the wins have been ugly. The wins have just been unsatisfying. But that's the thing with this team and Jokic. The wins are ugly, but in the end, Nikola Jokic just always finds a way. You know, it's like his style yeah. of play lends itself to ugly wins. Like it, it, they, it lends itself to fewer blowouts. So you sometimes feel bad about only winning by seven against the Pacers, but it's still a win. They always find but isn't it so fun when Jokic just decides to take over? It's the best, and and like scoring wise, take it's over. The best thing in my life, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Yoke. There's been so many of them this year. The Yoke takeover games really are the best thing in life, and you're just like, wow. Comparatively, there is, there is against a god. Ta- like. I, it, it's maddening to me to watch Towns get taken away by double teams often. Yeah. And then Jokic is just like, please double me. Oh, we're so spoiled. It, yeah. it, 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 it is. It, it, it's, it's stupid. It, it's, There's I so think, many wins. Like when you just look at the Nuggets, as, like the, the schedule, you just see WWWWWL, WWWLL. Why do we feel bad about the Wolves? This the Wolves looks the same. Yeah. The Wolves yeah oh, looks oh, for that's sure. The thing. For sure. But, but again, though, I actually think we've 
kind of put our fingers on it. Like it's the getting outworked aspects that yeah. have really drained us as a fan yeah, base. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you sort of feel like this is a team that one lesson they should have learned by now is that's the last thing that can happen to them right, with the guys right. they don't have. Yeah, they have to be the underdogs. I think the yeah. Wolves will outwork them tomorrow. That's what I'm. That's my concern. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Should be a great game. Game of the year for both of uh, both of these teams and, and, and one that carries enough stakes. I love it, too. A great – you talk about one week before the playoffs begin, you kind of want a playoff intensity yeah. game. Here it is on a silver platter, and I hope, sincerely hope, it's the last big game of the regular season for the Nuggets <laughs> that they just take care of business and say, four games, DNVR crew, relax, drink some Rakia on the set, they're have gonna, a good time. We're going to win 50 games, and we cried the whole time. We're going to cry the entire way. No, nope, you were very happy the last time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's one day you were happy. I know yeah. that. I know that. <laughs> it's been a long year. All right, everybody, hit that like button on the way out. Don't forget, check out. Whoop, up there we're going kind and of quick here. And we're out of here. here. Uh, hit the like button. Don't forget, yesterday I did the Keeping It One Thousand podcast with George Carl. It was a very good conversation. I always love doing those ones with him. He gives great insight, not just on the Nuggets, but on basketball at, at large. I really, sincerely hope everybody goes and checks that one out. Check out the Dane Moore Show. Uh, you want anything you want to plug? No. Uh, if you're a Nuggets fan looking for a Timberwolves podcast, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I just, you can... But you do great work talking about the game. I mean, there's people, I mean, you cover it a lot like we do and that you clearly have a, want the Timberwolves to, you know, do well, but it's, but you keep enough distance from it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think I try and take the Harrison yeah. path with that and... Yeah, terrible take. Uh, that's, yeah. that's not what you want. We to actually do. don't think he does <laughs> a very a good job idea. around here. But wind chimes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they've made it all the way to Minnesota. <laughs> they've, they've wow, really I'm a subscriber. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks so much. Have a good, have a good one.